Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis, got my brother Quentin here as always, and Q, I almost hung it up dude, over the weekend. I was so pumped. I was like, you know what? I could quit right now while I'm ahead. <laughs> you, want, it, you almost uh, threw in the towel. Yeah, because I was like, you know, I've 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 peaked. Like, <laughs> there's nothing else for me to do here. If you follow us on Twitter, it's at No Filler Podcast. You may have noticed that one of my tweets, Q, was retweeted by the artist himself. Who are you talking about? Like I don't already know. Comtrues retweeted my my post about him. Beow, 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 beow. So, if you're listening to the, our last couple episodes, uh, we covered Comtrues, uh, the synthwave artist, and his debut EP, Cyanide Sisters. There, I said it cor- correctly. Because I, here's the only, this is where I said, you know what, I can't, I have to keep doing this because I fucked up so poorly. I still can't believe you did this, dude. I don't understand how this could have happened. So, my my moment when I realized that he retweeted me the joy that i had was immediately dashed <laughs> when somebody else you know because i started like i started getting a bunch of notifications on my phone somebody commented and said cyanide and happiness lol and that's because that's what i i had a typo in my tweet yeah so cyanide and happiness is a web comic that i'm a fan of i think everyone's familiar with cyanide and happiness yeah yeah and the guys are actually based out of richardson i know I'm friends with somebody who's friends with them. I'll just say that. Anyway, so I guess when I was typing out cyanide, like typically that word is paired with and happiness in my brain. So like instead of typing out cyanide sisters, I typed out cyanide and happiness and tweeted it and didn't even think about it. And you can't edit a tweet, unfortunately. Anyway, I'm not going to let that get me down, Q. It was obviously a mistake. And I, and I, you know, the guy called it out. I laughed about it with him i you know mentioned explosum which is the company that they make the 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 cyanide and happiness comic so i did the best i could with it but still pretty embarrassing you know we get a tweet that's retweeted by the artist which means he read that and clearly he saw the mistake but he didn't do anything he probably thought it was hilarious dude probably you know at least he's got a sense of humor about it yeah Either way, you know what? Here's here's the good thing, dude. Here, here's what's here's what got me excited. If Comtrues retweeted the tweet, there's a chance that he listened to our episode, and that got me super stoked, man. Right, he's listened to our dumbasses. Yeah, so he can probably listen and, and see all the things we screwed up, or all Shit the chatting it up, all the things we got wrong about his album. But either yeah. way, um, it proves that you know there is 
a purpose for Twitter. You know, we we resisted as long as we could. Yeah, uh, everyone, anyone who's been listening to this for for at least a good three or four months knows that we've been dragging our feet. Yeah, on the on the social meds just because it's just. It's not something I want to do. <laughs> right, right. I still don't want to. But, do it. but it, it, I think in the last two weeks we've been somewhat active on it, and it's it's proven how useful it is. Like over and over again, we had it's some, fun, man. like a really cool interaction. And this guy actually filled out our comment form on the website nofillerpodcast.com. But he he reached out to us and said, "Hey guys, I sent you a long email, and you know we read the email. It was one of the coolest things we've ever read. We Dude. then posted that on on Twitter." Um, his story that he told about the undoing of David Wright, which is a really obscure band from Denton that we did a bonus Halloween episode on last year. Yeah, the last band we thought that we would ever hear from someone, you know, who, especially someone who knows, uh, who had an experience with the band. Well, and somebody who was not from Denton. That was make, what yeah. made it so cool. Like, where, where was he from again? Greenville, Kentucky. At the time, yeah. that's where he was living. So they were doing some probably tiny they, ass they were tour. Going on or tour. Did, no, they they paid them to come, right? Yep. Yeah, dude, the whole story is on Twitter. You know, so yeah, hop, hop right. on uh, our Twitter handles, uh, No Filler Podcast. Hop on there and, and give it a read. It's pretty great. That's what we've always wanted out of this podcast was to open up some sort of a um, like a channel of communication between people who listen and us. Tell us what we get wrong. Tell us what you love. You know. Yeah. We, we've had we had a, somebody tweet me a few times and and enlightened us on some things that we got wrong on our um, our kid A and our amnesiac uh, episodes on Radiohead. And hey, that's great. I love it. Tell me when I'm wrong, please, because you know that's what it's all about. It's all about you know learning more about these bands and and albums and you know geeking out together with our with, with our listeners so uh, that's what this is all about anyway so now let's get around to business here to continue our electronic um, batch of episodes here we're going to talk about an artist that one could one could make the argument q that they're not an electronic band well i'm you gonna make stop. that argument. i'm gonna stop you there son um but it but it opens up an interesting conversation about what is electronic music right yes and that's where yeah we're gonna dive right into that here so now last week we covered architect for our sidetrack on comtrues and what made him different about just the typical you know outrun synth wave kind of artist is that he integrates uh samples and loops from actual instruments that actually brings up a good point q it's time for a segment that we should probably do more of called set the record straight when we were discussing all the samples and stuff that he pulled in and like wondering whether it was him who was laying down the drums and like the the wind instruments and, and whatnot um all of that information q was available to me just a click away on the uh, record label website so oops sometimes i rely too much on on like discogs.com or wikipedia to tell me what's what but anyway, uh, yeah. So we, we our assumption was right. It was an actual drummer. Uh, the guy's name is Jerome Chernian. Chernian. I can't. There's no way I can. There's a there's a there's a silent T in that in that name. So Chernian. He lays the drums down on just about every track on the record, um, including one of the tracks that we talked about. Not both of them. And then there is a an actual saxophone player that shows up. He did the clarinet on Odyssey, which is one of the tracks we talked about, and um, and then it's got the it's got the two vocalists mentioned here as well. But yeah, actual strings were arranged by somebody. So like, yeah, this guy had. I mean, there was an actual violinist, an actual cello on on this record. So yeah. Okay. So, but here's here's the deal. Here's what makes and and I am gonna assume again here, but here's what makes it still an electronic artist. Yes, you've got an actual drummer and a saxophone player. But my guess is that Architect is, you know, he might have them lay down the drum beats in studio. But my guess is he will take those recordings and either loop the drum beat 
you know, or 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 splice up and play around with the saxophone recordings, and then put that into his music. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, it, we we even talked about that. How like you know he would he manipulated that bass line and stuff like yeah right no and that's what that's what makes it an electronic uh, an electronic artist to me is because architect could take this music on the road with him and he doesn't need a drummer and he doesn't need a saxophone player right you know what I'm saying yeah yeah sure yeah so I mean that's what that's what I want to talk about with Kiln so yeah, yeah today yeah we're finally going to mention the name of the artist that we're actually covering which is good because I think it kind of spills into this to this band and we can talk about it yeah based you know spinning off of, of this conversation about live instruments and stuff uh they're called kiln k-i-l-n sort of like the thing that you put your your third grade ceramics project into the oven you know and let it bake or whatever um and these guys are a trio it's three guys kevin hayes who uh plays drums and he's also he also does sampling uh kirk marison who plays guitar uh, effect loops and keyboard and uh clark viberg who also plays guitar and he messes around with with uh loop pedals and stuff like that so they've been making music as far back as uh mid 90s before they were kiln they went by uh fiber forms and they were mostly an acoustic uh instrumental band at the time but they did still kind of mess around with uh, like looped percussion instruments and you know uh, effect pedals and stuff like that but it's not the kind of music that that they would later go on to do as kiln so you can actually find their music uh it was kind of like a, a, a huge compilation album that this uh record label put together of their old stuff that they used to do before they became kiln um so this is this is their fiberforms music. This is more an actual acoustic, you know, instrumental uh, band. They've got this album called Tree Drums that was released back in '96. Um, so this is kind of like unearthed material kind of stuff that they were doing way back in the day. So here's my favorite from this album. Um, this is track four. It is called Untitled Bright Format. Thank you. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's jazzy, you know? This, yeah, th- this kind of reminds I, me... I also got a hint of 311. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> but that's maybe, probably the drums, with, with too, that, with, the, with the, the, you know, he had the snare a little bit it's pulled a, away from the, like a, the It's drum. almost like a piccolo. Yeah. Super high-pitched snare. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, to me, is very similar to kind of that math rock uh, instrumental stuff like um, Mer- the Mercury program, that band that we covered. You know, this is just a, a an instrumental band, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, this is not Kiln, and I'm excited to 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 jump ahead to, to what they later do as Kiln. Well, it's um, not Kiln, but I, but there is just like you can you can you can hear the the like the it makes sense that this is the origin of Kiln. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the like, same you three can guys. Still hear it? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. These guys are truly unique, in my opinion. Like they, there's just something about their music. That makes it, it's, there's a, there's a, and we've used this word before, like there's a warmth to it, you know? And that's probably because, you know, these are, these are real instruments that you're hearing. So there's that acoustic, organic, like element to it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, the funny thing is it's, they're, they're doing so much to it, like the, the manipulation and stuff. But but it doesn't sound like overly processed or anything like that. You know what I mean? It sounds very organic. Yeah, it sounds very organic, but it is it's it's very much you know not like like you're saying you you listed off um, you listed off Kevin Hayes as sampling and Kirk Morrison as effect loops and Clark Clark Reberg is also listed but treated guitar. I think that's interesting that they listed as treated guitar. Yeah. Um, that you know that means like you know they're using various objects and stuff like between the instrument strings to get a different sound you know what i mean so like they're very much experimenting they're doing a bunch of stuff to that guitar to make it sound a certain way which is interesting that you know yeah but again it's like it's kind of like you know how we've talked about like like this the the guitar they they they're choosing to make to get these sounds out of a guitar versus just getting it from a keyboard or something like that. You know what I mean? They're like, let's use the guitar as this, as the main instrument. Like all the sounds you're hearing are coming out of guitar, but we're going to get the sound out of it in, you know, unconventional ways or whatever, which is really cool. So do we know anything about what, um, what made them, decide to change the name like is it because they were going in the in that different direction with it and that's why like i wonder what made them think hey you know what let's uh let's add some let's start to treat and sample this stuff and and go down a more like electronic uh, path with this music you know i only found one interview with these guys so this was an interview that was done back in 2008 so this is a few years into them being you know I mean, this is actually 10 years into them being Kiln. Um, but the interviewer asks why they don't ever perform live. So that's something that about these guys. They they don't perform live as a three-piece. They've never performed live. Um, and basically, the, the interviewer was trying to get, a, you know, why why is this? What's Is there a reason why you guys don't perform live? Uh, basically, he's saying, you know, it's kind of a necessity. It's, it's just kind of how it is now for us. We just don't have the time to per, to perform live for one. Um, you know, it's just kind of we we all have real jobs. You know, we have careers, and basically, we just have enough time nowadays to just kind of work on new tracks and send each other ideas remotely. You know, but he said actually, back in the mid '90s, the three of us actually set up several studio houses where we lived and breathed music playing, listening, and recording. We all had shitty jobs and were trying to put everything towards making something solid. During that period, we performed a handful of live gigs in different settings to various sized audiences. Um, In late 1997, we reconvened after a year and a half break and were so focused on getting things done that we never mustered the energy to put together another show. Ultimately, the recorded works are what will last, and that is what we put everything towards. So is that still how they do it to this day? It's all it's all remotely. Yeah, yeah. From that's interesting. No, well, not remotely. I don't know about that for sure. Um, but like that's because I've heard of I've heard of bands that do that. Like the 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 singer, like the main songwriter, will have like 
his his or her demo tape tape of of ideas you know that they record and they send it out to their band members like before they get into the studio so that everybody can kind of start to you know brainstorm and think about these songs you know what i mean but it sounds like that's how they that's how they do it and possibly that's how they piece together the record too yeah hey you can do it that way that's the thing you can totally do it that way especially with the way that they do it yeah so it sounds to me like basically saying you know by by the late 90s you know um into the end of the 2000s they got to the point that they realized okay what we have recorded is what will last forever sure and that's all that matters let's put all of our energy into that moving forward another thing too i'm reading here yes they do have careers outside of kiln um they do all live in the same state but they live hours apart from each other so they're not all in the same city or town um so yeah they they are kind of doing it remotely my guess is that's probably how how it progressed for them going from a more like actual instrumental three-piece band to evolving into this you know organic electronic kind of music that they do now you know with, with them living hours apart and focusing just on the music you know they started to to incorporate uh field recordings you know a lot of like stuff that they pick up you know like when you listen to a kiln song it almost sounds like you're walking through like a rainforest you know or like walking yeah through, you know definitely. It, there's something yeah. about and that's that to me it, like some some of my favorite electronic quote unquote artists incorporate field recordings into their music and they create these like soundscapes with their techniques and how they they record and and mix things you know in their in their like in their recordings um yeah well we talked about lossel lossel did that too yeah um and, and we've t- we've covered Eamon tobin yeah although the album that we covered he didn't do that but he, he did an entire album where he he took field recordings like he would record sounds from like around the city and stuff and he would yeah sample it in yeah and and like you know when you're when you're doing it electronically or, or you, if you're more on the producing end of things where you're not worrying about how to how to to pull it off live you know you can start to um kind of tweak and manipulate the recordings that you have you know especially with field recordings and maybe like add an effect to it or loop it in a way and throw it in the background and you know mix it down in a certain way that like it's almost i'm I'm gonna quote someone here uh before we actually get into the meat of what makes kiln so amazing uh there's a slightly hallucinogenic quality to kiln's sound sometimes it's as if they're heard through ears situated just under the surface of water yeah man totally totally listen to this uh, this person goes, is that the flittering of a dragonfly that I hear? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it almost yeah, yeah. sounds like you're hearing, like, insects chirping and wings flapping and stuff. Right. I don't think anyone does it as well as Kellen does. Yes. So yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. They are super unique in that regard. Like, yeah. the way the, the sounds that they get are just, like, they sound or, or so organic and, like, natural sounding. Yeah, you know? and I think what they started to do here moving forward out you know a few years into them making music together as a three-piece i think what they did and again it's it's really hard to tell because of how well they do this but it seems like they 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 started to take these little guitar lines you know and they would loop them and then layer on top of it and you know we we talk about this all the time with with electronic music and what we love about it is how if it's done correctly there's all these really pretty and subtle layers that are built on top of each other and taken away. And then like, you know, it's just like, it just evolves throughout the song. That's what these guys do amazingly. Um, Yeah. Okay. So you heard them as an instrumental band. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead to 2004. My favorite album of theirs or EP. This was called Sunbox came out in 2004. There's five tracks on this album. There's two songs I want to play from this. First one's 
track four on the record. We're going to do two clips from this. Um, this might be my favorite Kiln song. Uh, so this track is called Hong. I just love it. It man. gives me chills, man. Such a good song. Yeah, um, I love the bass, um, the bass sound that they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be an actual bass player, obviously. That's not obvious, dude. I mean, yeah, that could be a keyboard. But I saw that they listed a a session bass player on on oh, the Wikipedia yeah. player. Yeah. So yeah, that could be that could be him laying down that track. But yeah, um, such a stark difference from what they were doing as five forms. But what I like about this is like, I think it's 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 clear that this is electronic, right? Like now, like we were saying, like you know, they're kind of unique in that you know, they're not they don't fall under like the 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 stereotypical electronic sound where it's like you hear it and it's clear and obvious that it's electronic music. You know what I mean? But th- that song is is definitely electronic music. All right, Q, so I'm glad that you're going to split this into two clips, and I'm glad that you stopped it when you did, because I would say that, like, there's a part in this next clip you're going to play that's, like, one of my favorite kiln moments. There's something about, and they've done this, they do this a few times, like, they're really good at this, at, like, giving you this, like, I don't know, this like moment, this this uh this release almost, you know. It's kinda of going back to the layering that we talked about earlier, but like Yeah. They're really effective at it. And so you'll you'll hear what we're talking about when we play the clip here. But yeah, let's listen to that second clip cue. And um again the song is called Hong. And we should have said this at the beginning, dude. If you have a chance to grab some earphones or if you're sitting in your car listening to this and you've got a really nice sound system at home, you should probably wait and listen to this music properly, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like, listening, to the, listening to this stuff in headphones is just, it's just something else. All right, here's clip two from Hong. Thank you. 
So I'm just going to read some some things that other people have said, you know, that that are able to put words together a little bit more a little bit more eloquently than we do. Kiln construct radiantly textured sound fields that envelope and immerse the listener in a panoramic smudge of chromatic rhythms and syncopated tones. A ravishing I like the word texture. Oh, you're still gone. <laughs> <laughs> a ravishing and stimulating feast for the ears. Like sunshine during a rain shower. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean I, I like I like his the the, the use of the word uh, textures because we were talking about yeah, like earlier and, like, and sound fields yeah, yeah it, there's it sounds um like tangible you know yeah oh you know what dude i'm gonna read the rest of the quote from earlier i was talking about that guy that said there's like a there's a hallucinogenic quality to kiln sound yeah at other times it's like when you're somewhere so bakingly hot that it has an effect on acoustics Similar to the visual wavering of the middle distance. Like if you're looking off in the horizon, and it's like, you know, uh, it looks like it's a wave, you know, because it's so goddamn hot. You're looking off at the horizon and it's like warbly, you know? Yes. It's a, that's a yeah. good way to describe it. it, it yeah. It is hard it, it's, to... Yeah, no, that's good because it's like... It's almost like an oasis kind of... Yeah, you yeah. Know? You don't really think of of, of, mu- of music doing that. But yeah, yeah. They, 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 that's, that's kind of what it's like. It's like you're... You're putting their it through a filter, and, and you know it's it comes out the other end like you know altered in some way. But yeah, that moment like we talk about, so it's not really silence, but there's that like that quietness that happens for a, a really good stretch. They hold it out for a while. It's more just ambient, then, like like background noise. Yeah, of. but they're holding that moment, yeah. and then the guitar comes back in, mm-hmm. and it's a whole different. It's very different than the beginning of the song. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's very much just a just a Un, untreated guitar sound that that sounds more like that first clip that you played where it's just almost like a jazzy kind of uh guitar tone you know yeah but that's what's great about this band is that this is a this is a a group of of musicians that were making more traditional sounding jazz almost post rock kind of sound uh and then they and then they're taking that you know and moving it into the electronic realm. So it's not like, yeah. you know, somebody like Tom Trues, um, nothing against him, but like, if you don't approach music like a traditional band, then you might not, you're not going to approach your electronic music the same way that they would. Right. Does right. that make sense? Like, no, yeah, no. It, so that's what makes them unique. So think, in, thinking in back to bands uh, that are more ambient, but, but electronic that we've covered before, Tycho, Lossel. Well, shit, man. Let's talk about Radiohead. You think about how they went from, you know, the bins and stuff into OK Computer, and then especially into um, Amnesiac. They went from a traditional rock, alt rock band, to hey, we're getting bored of the of the standard approach to a rock song or at least tom york was getting bored with it and then they started doing electronic stuff right so they were a rock band that shifted and started doing electronic type music you know what i mean yeah and that's what made it so unique is that well and to to your point like it's it's a group of musicians versus one person that is producing electronic music like Tycho yeah. or lossel or calm trues or architect Sure, they might pull in other musicians from time to time to help them make the music that they want, but it it's based, you know, it, it's just one person making and producing music versus Radiohead or Kiln, where it's a group of people making music. Um, yeah, it's it's totally different, and it's yeah, it definitely definitely shows in this in this music. I think with Kiln, it's like they they approach their songwriting. Just like they would write a more traditional rock song, if you will. Well, so so going back but to that, manipulated. going back to that interview from 2008, another questions asked: um, Do all three of you work together, or do you come together with individually created sections and then work on assembling them into holes? So, 
The next album in line is called Dusker. Very similar to, to what we're hearing here on Sunbox, but uh, they say, you know, we wanted to focus on Kevin's growing archive of MPC beats. MPC is that it stands for Music Production Center, kind of like those, you know, beat pads that you can buy, you know, and sample through a, a program and all that stuff. Um, so we wanted to focus more on these beats that he's created um, as a basis for this new material. Um, so he says most of the discs or the, the tracks um, began their lives as a layered groove on Kevin's MPC. We spend a great deal of time on rhythms getting them to that mystic point of balance between clean density and lush heaviness. Later, we typically record, quote, live instances of shakers or other percussive elements mm. to take the groove even further. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Another quick question, and then we'll go to the next track here. Uh, they ask, do you have a digital vault where you're constantly stockpiling bits and pieces that you constantly return to for inspiration? Um, they say, individually as a unit... We've done a lot of recording, and the majority of it is unreleased. Uh, most of it predates our work as Kiln, and much of it still strikes me as fuel for modern translation. So they potentially have, like, albums and albums worth of different pieces here and there that could that could come together. It makes you wonder why they don't put out more albums, but yeah. obviously, like, you know, they, they put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, he says we consider those um, cassettes kind of like recording sketchbooks full of drafts and experiments and we yeah we call from them when the mood hits yeah that's cool. so yeah really cool all right i wanted to play another song from sunbox this is the last song on the record and this song begs for headphones uh it just tickles your your eardrums dude it's hard to describe but the way they pull this sound off it's just something else man all right so this song is called season Thank you. 
Yeah, man. It's it's like the it's like the song. It's like it's whispering in your ear, you know. Yes, dude. That's that little tickle. Like a, yeah, I mean, what's that word that people? Th- there's a thing. There's a whole thing with that. Oh, what is it? ASPR, a, uh, ASPR, ASMR, right? ASMR. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. It's got that same um, effect. Yeah, that same effect that 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 people enjoy listening to those ASMR videos for. It it gives you goosebumps in the way that that music sometimes does, but 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 in a way that's like like through the ASMR type thing where it's like I don't know. There's just something, and like you said. It's like that 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 really like high pitched per- percussive sound that's that's going on throughout the whole thing, that kind mm-hmm. of clicking thing mm-hmm. that they, they they do a lot of. Yeah. And then there's that really subtle, ghostly kind of sound. I guess I don't know. To to name drop the the record label, ghostly, um, unintentionally. Man, we've covered a lot of ghostly international the last uh, couple weeks because Com Truth was also on ghostly international, but. Tycho and Lossel, they're dude, they're all on Ghostly. Lossel's on Ghostly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, man, uh, that's a, that's a fucking magical song, man. Yeah, that, there's something about that. Yeah, dude. And like you said, if you're not listening to that with headphones, um, give give it an give it another listen. It's uh, with, it's otherworldly, dude. It's it, yes, the it only really way to is, describe man. Kiln's music. Yeah, I'm that's gonna, a I'm great gonna read way to one more uh, one more quote here um, from another publication. Kiln's music is a hi-fi tapestry of granular synthesis and rich computer-enhanced bursts of chords, blurring the lines between sound design and and composition through the use of refracted electronics and bits of live instrumentation. So you really don't know what what's what's live and what's you know computer-enhanced. It's they're just masters at it. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. There, there really is is no other, no, no other group like him. Yeah. If you like this record, I mean, if you like what you heard from this episode, at least, I would encourage you to go back and listen to our our Lossal episode that was early on, but it's a similar kind of thing. Worthy of of headphones. Yeah. A little bit more ambient, but yeah, yeah. All right, so that's it, man. That's our that's our coverage of of Kiln. Um, we really only focused on Sunbox, but. Uh, they got a few other really good, longer playing records. Uh, Dusker's probably the best one, I think. I mean, Sunbox is my favorite, yeah. but Dusker's just a, an unbelievable record as well, which came yes. out uh, yeah, a few years works. later in 2007. Um, yeah, so that's Kiln. Next week, uh, I want to cover an artist that goes by Hiatus. And like I've mentioned before, my my absolute favorite electronic music is heavily sampled recordings that are pieced together to make new music and hiatus i i want to say is kind of similar in that you know a lot of what you're hearing is probably recorded for those sessions you know but everything's heavily looped samples and his music is just just so beautiful um yeah and he's got a really great vocalist uh, on this album at least yeah yeah I'm going to have to find out what her name is. But yeah, that's going to be our sidetrack for next week is an artist that goes by hiatus. Um, and it's what you heard time, brother. Yeah, man. Okay. I'll go first. So it's no secret at this point. I've, I think I've mentioned this several times throughout the podcast, but I'm a sucker for video game soundtracks. More often than not, it's a video game that I've never even played. I just like video game scores. And I stumbled upon this website. It's kind of like a like a like a database, if you will, of you know what it's not even that. It's a it's a it's a MP3 I mean when you see it, it's so old school the way the site looks. But people have gone on and uploaded the soundtrack from a game that they literally ripped it out of the game, right? Like they went into the files on the computer and grabbed the scores and put it online. I mean, you can, you can find a lot of these on Spotify, but there's a lot of games on this website that you can't find on Spotify. And I was happy to see that they had the silent Hill franchise on there because Spotify used to have almost all of their scores and they took them off and they only have a few now. And I used to love listening to the Silent Hill uh, soundtrack because 
more so than anything, kind of like Eamon Tobin, you know, Eamon Tobin did the Splinter Cell soundtrack. This music is is electronic in like a down-tempo sense a lot of times, but the composer, and his name is Akira Yamaoka, he would incorporate guitars and drums like into the music and like standalone. If you didn't know that it was a score to like a, a survival horror game, like this stuff is really, really good. And that's what I like about video game scores is that a lot of times it, it's not like you're listening to fucking the Mario brothers. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. this is, this is like some of the best composers now do stuff for video games, you know, like video games have become such a mega industry that, video game scores sound like movie scores nowadays right but anyway so um gonna play a track off of silent hill 2 came out in 2001 and i'm just curious to get your opinion q when we when we come back so uh q i'm gonna send you a link here so this song is called the reverse will that kind of stuff man fucking great yeah dude man. i love that kind of like heavily you know sampled jazz music you like the piano and stuff yeah yeah that's great well i mean to me i thought the the reason i chose this song i mean let's i mean it is it is a horror game so a lot of it is dark um ambient you know scary sounding music but that track in particular like i've never played the game so i don't know what is happening like what scene is happening I would imagine that's during a cutscene, probably. But anyway, um, I thought the guitar almost had a shoegaze sound to it, like a like a shoegaze guitar sound to it. A little bit, yeah. And you know, this was this was two thousand one, and so you heard that kind of like the 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 DJ kind of scra- uh, scratching kind of effect that he put on there. I mean, you think about what was happening in rock and roll in the early two thousands. It was the the new the new rap stuff. You know what I mean? New metal stuff. Right. Yeah, and like uh, Fat Boy Slim, and yeah, uh, yeah, Mo- and like well, Moby. you know, and just like you know, Incubus and stuff like that was, was yeah, that's was, was, too. And, was, and Lincoln Park, man, let's not forget. Right. That. Exactly. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's no surprise that he was incorporating that kind of thing into it because that's what was happening with rock music at the time. But anyway, that that's what I'm a sucker for. It's like if you if you are somebody who who doesn't play video games, you may never hear this song ever. Right. Right, you know, for me, I might not play the video game, but but I've I've listened to enough video game scores to know that some really really great music is on video game scores, and you're never going to hear it unless you either dig into it like I do, or you play the actual game, right? So anyway, um, like my favorite Eamon Tobin record is his score for Splinter Cell, uh, Chaos Theory. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that, man. Um. I've been I've been geeking out on this website the last few days. There's a bunch of scores that I haven't heard in a long time. There's also Shinobi 3 Q, which we covered last week. 
as our outro song. I thought that you could only find it on YouTube. I was wrong. You can find it on this website too. So anyway, um, it's downloads.khinsider.com. And like I said, if you go to it, like the whoever set this up, they haven't updated it since they created it. Like that's well, maybe it's on some obscure server, you know, overseas. Maybe, maybe because I, you know, some of it, some of it, you'll you'll go to a, a record and it'll be like removed for copyright and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it is kind of sketchy, but you can if you own the video game, you can you can like on the computer, you can go into the like the older games, you can go into the files, like browse your folders and stuff, and then find the actual MP3s back in the day. Maybe I'll we'll post this in the show notes. So if if you're if you're somebody who likes to listen to old video game scores, uh, check out this website. That's got a, they got a pretty good selection. Anyway, all right, Q, what do you got for us? What what you been hurting lately? Have you heard of a guy named Moses Sumney? I don't think so. He's under the uh, electro soul folk category. It's kind of hard to describe his music. Uh, I heard one of his his songs on the radio the other day. Um. I don't know. I don't know how to describe his music, dude. He kind of reminds me of, uh, kind of like how I imagine Prince. You know, if Prince was of make was making music today, or you know, someone of that level of of skill. I mean, this guy. I'm. Let's just say I'm excited to hear more from this guy. He's so only, would you put him? Would you kind of compare him to, um, like maybe Blood, Blood Orange? Orange or yeah, yeah, something okay. like that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Really, really unique stuff. I, I've I've never heard anything like this before. Um, so he's only got a, f- a handful of, of songs that are out right now, and he is about to release a full length album, I believe. Um, so this is one of the singles that he's released. This song is called Viral. I like that. Yeah, very, like you said, very soulful. Yeah, different. Yeah, I, I like that, man. You know, I, I want uh, I want more music like this to be, to be made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm excited. It's a throwback, it's a throwback sound, but but definitely uh, modern at the same time. I'm really excited to hear, hear what else he's got for us, man. Yeah, so, yeah, that's Moses Sumney. That's a song called, it's either Viral or, or Viral? Viral? Like virility, it's it's not oh, yeah. viral, mm-hmm. V I R A L. It's, anyways, dude. <laughs> that's what we do around here. We mispronounce things left and right. We mispronounce things. We misspell. Uh, we have Freudian slips in our, our our tweets that get picked up by the artist. <laughs> it's just you know, it's just it's part of the it's, it's part of the brand. It's part of the brand, unfortunately. Couple of fuck ups. 
All right, so that's going to do it for us today. Uh, as always, hop onto our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can read our show notes and uh, check out the track lists for each episode. You can stream our episodes on pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Um, we are lucky enough to be alongside a lot of really, really great music centered podcasts a lot of a lot of music centered podcasts that would never mispronounce a name like we do eh, we don't know that that's true i'm just trying to i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt okay yeah yeah uh so you can find us there on on pantheonpodcasts.com uh and again we're going to be shouting at you again next week with a band or not a band really uh with an artist that goes by hiatus and um that may or may not be wrapping up our electronic uh stint i'm guessing that we'll probably cover a few more electronic artists into the the month of march yeah i think i think we need i think we need to man we need to we need to cover more ground here okay and hey sure if if you've got an artist in mind or you know a, a, a style of electronic music that you think we need to cover tweet us or send us an email you can find we've got a, a contact form on our website uh you know you can contact us through there you can actually send us an email directly uh no at gmail.com let us know if if there's an artist you'd like us to cover you know uh, under the electronic vein uh and so for our outro today uh trav have you heard of a band called people press play Oh fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, dude, I love. Uh, they they were on a um, documentary that I watched. Really, I think called Press Play. <laughs> I might be thinking of something else, dude. I might actually be thinking of the name of a documentary. <laughs> well, uh, so th- this is a band that I found. Oh, oh, I do remember this record. Yeah, dude, this is dude, back in our. No- I gotta our, cue this up. Back bro. in our, hang on now, back in our new dust days. Yeah, I don't remember how I came across okay. these guys, but um, oh, yeah. yeah. So the reason I'm playing them today is because you know this is just one of those happy musical moments. I was you know scrolling down to the end of that interview of Kiln, and you know a lot of people like to wrap up interviews with. Any, you know, what's the, what's a, a current favorite artist or whatever? Uh, and sure enough, the guys from Kiln are huge fans of this group. Um, so it, this is a three-piece band, and I'm going to read just a little bit about them here from from one of the the Kiln guys. He says these th- these are all quality musicians, you know, either together or as a solo. Um, and I would also say that they are totally underappreciated for how great they are. The self-titled People Press Play record that came out last year, and this this came out in 2007, should have been a huge international hit in the electronic fringe pop category. A masterpiece in its own right, with very clean structures and lovely vocals. I love this album, and it's 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 one that I haven't really gone back to in a while. So, yeah, I I haven't heard this since probably we covered it on on No Filler. On, on New Dust, friend. Shit, on New Dust. Yeah. Yeah, man. I remember this cover um, It's a big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, it's it's a really great blend of, of you know, electronic instrumental tracks with with really pretty, um, you know, more, uh, you know, song, like uh, verse, chorus, actual songs with pretty lyrics and vocals as well. You know, there's equal parts of that throughout the record. Um, so again, this is an album. This is a self-titled record from People Press Play. Came out in 2007, uh, and the song we're going to outro us out with is a song called "That Walk," and that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Quentin, and my name is Travis. Y'all take care.
Hey, this is Brad Page from the I'm in Love With That Song podcast, inviting you to join me as we explore a different song each episode, discovering what makes these songs great. The performances, arrangements, and the production tricks and techniques are all part of creating those magic moments that turn a good song into a great one. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into each song, listening to all those nuances that came together to make it a great song. Our journey takes us across the musical map, from the Beatles and the Stones to Aretha Franklin and Tom Petty, Kiss, The Cars, Todd Rundgren and Roxy Music, from Badfinger to Al Green, Stevie Wonder to David Bowie, from Aerosmith to the zombies. We listen to it all on the I'm in love with that song podcast. You may be unfamiliar with some of these songs and some of them you've probably heard a hundred times, but I bet if we listen closely, we can discover something new. So join me on the I'm in love with that song podcast and let's listen together because I think you're going to love these songs too. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 